Welcome, welcome, welcome back everyone to the e-commerce swipe file. We have two of the original sauce bosses themselves, Nick A and Nick G from Truff. Nick, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourselves? How's it going? I'm Nick G, one of the co-founders and one of the Nicks from Truff. I'm Nick A, the other co-founder and the other Nick from Truff. Awesome. And if people aren't familiar with uh, with Truff or your story, which would be pretty weird considering it's an e-commerce podcast, they probably either heard you on Shopify Masters elsewhere or look at your site for how should we say inspiration. Um, what's what's your quick story of how you started started Truff, beginning with I believe it was just the Instagram handle at Sauce and really turning that into into a brand. For sure. So Truff is a digitally native luxury lifestyle hot sauce brand. Uh, it started as an Instagram account about five years ago. Um, got the handle sauce on IG. Uh, Nick and I started growing a cool following on the account. It was like a food blog you know, that lived on, on social media. Um, yep. We were posting cool images, high quality things we thought would resonate well with you know pop culture foodie. Along the way, we decided we wanted to take it a step further and create a brand and you know sell products through this channel that let yep. us do the category, you know, hot sauce. And we found a lot of opportunity in the space. And I love that. And it's just I love everything about it of just really starting organically with that audience. And it's almost that modern day day version of just hoarding domains of you had a good Instagram handle, wanted to do something with it, was able to spin it off into uh, into a business. I know when I log into my GoDaddy account, I probably got 30 domains in there that I'm just paying for that I'm going to use one day. Uh, did, you, did you have that sauce handle available or did you go through a broker to get that? It was, it was available. I didn't buy it. I didn't steal it from anyone. Uh, I got it organically. Wow, that's awesome. So what year was that on, on Instagram? What, what, 2015, yeah. Wow. But something that happened, like it's highly unlikely that it was just dormant for, since the beginning of Instagram. What probably happened was like some account got deactivated or something. Like, yeah. No way. Yeah. A one word domain on Instagram, the hottest social network of, of 2015, which both feels like yesterday and a lifetime ago at this point. But yeah, there's no way that that was, um, that was happening. So that is just what, a, what an awesome break to get started. A um, little bit of a less awesome break that we all experienced earlier this year was is is COVID and how that really shook up a lot of, a lot of different plans. For some businesses getting online for the first time, a lot of food, home lifestyle, gym, apparel tended to do well. Either come businesses, if you were in the travel accessories, obviously not not doing well at all. So how did COVID really throw a wrench into, into your plans and especially at how you're preparing for BFCM? So uh, into our plan is a specific way to ask. It's, it's interesting because I think Traditionally, in like this industry, the way our year works is we kind of have kind of food and trade shows throughout the year. Um, mm -hmm. And you know, there's a fancy food show in January. There's uh, in New York for New York Town in February. XOS in March, and it just kind of goes on throughout the year. 
Um, mm-hmm. So I guess the biggest wrench thrown would be the lack of uh, food shows, trade shows. Um, being you know predominantly e-com, it didn't that does not really define our business, but they're always great to you know you, you pick up meet good buyers, network in the industry, and those types of things. Um, yeah. I'd say that's well, like the biggest. Yeah, is always nice. But, or even but if you uh, get a nice big PO of a truckload and you know, yep, that's 200k of profit for one order, and all these customers who are asking where where can I buy you in stores, we're just about to make their day. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's trade shows are. I mean, a great place to kind of pick up new accounts. And, and, mm-hmm. You know, wouldn't be able to see typically throughout the year. You get to see everyone there, and um, so a lot happens there in terms of like I'd say retail and whatnot. Um, but you know, in terms of the, the nature of our business, we're obviously digitally native, so we, you know, kind of had the infrastructure to do a lot online, and we did see a pretty major spike just in people, uh, whether they're cooking at home more, or not going out, or online shopping more, or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we kind of, I guess, it kind of traded areas to where the growth would come from. But uh, we definitely saw um, COVID as it was a a time where I think a lot of people were just not so much, you know, they can't go out and people have to cook at home. And so we kind of married the two being an online, you know, business for the most part and having a food driven product. Yeah, no, absolutely. And especially when you can naturally go into a, a trend of what's, what's happening and for less than the cost of a meal out, they can you can buy a bottle of trough, really quite literally spice up your your meal and make that night sort of special or differentiate differentiate and stand out when every night under quarantine really just feels the same. I remember people were counting sort of day one, day two, day nineteen, and then it's day thirty, day fifteen, all of a sudden two months had gone gone by like that without even really realizing it. So I think that's really, really interesting how it um, pivoted that way. Have you, has that shit, and this is just going, going off topic for my, for my own curiosity, have you seen the wholesale or the distributor side of things change at all? I know that other digitally native grocery brands have really led the way by adjusting their sales pitch from going trade show to trade show to having a deck overlaying their customer orders of store locations of say Whole Foods and then pitching that way digitally with a lot more um, emphasis on on that. And I know that retailers haven't always been as receptive to, to sort of that kind of data. Have you noticed a difference in retailers being a little bit more open to digitally native brands? Definitely. Uh, is that in regards to COVID or just like in general? Uh, both. I think both. Yeah, I think de- I think definitely. Um, there's, a, I think retailers are realizing that uh, there's a lot of ways to market a product, and mm-hmm. you know, if you do a great job online, it could actually have an impact in stores. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, we've definitely seen that. Um, in terms of COVID, retail is interesting because I think the accounts you're in are thriving. I mean, a lot of people are shopping from grocery stores more. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, a lot of 
buyers that had to have had to push back meetings of like bringing in new products just by default of focusing on the staples for the consumer. And so it was kind of a mix of everything, but I think overall digitally native brands are definitely, you know, making their mark in retail and they are able to kind of maneuver in a way that they can have pretty high velocities um, from their online presence. Okay. That, that makes a, a ton of sense. Um, and just for context or anyone listening, it's funny, we were talking before we started recording about how we were both on the Shopify Masters podcast. And so my, my brand treats happen a natural dog treat. We, my episode of Shopify Masters is all about like just cutting our teeth and going on the trade show uh, circuit that first summer of every week, every weekend, just going boom, 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 boom. On the weekend, it was consumer shows. And on the weekdays, it was a lot more of the industry uh, and the pet specialty trade show. So that's why I, I wanted to go down that uh, that little route called to satiate my, my own curiosity. But shifting gears and going into uh, Black Friday, Cyber Monday prepping, how are you starting to prepare for BFCM over at Treff? So historically, it's kind of funny. We don't do really any promotions at all um, mm -hmm. around, you know, Black Friday, Cyber Monday. We do a lot of really cool content, value-added pushes, um, different recipe ideas, different ways you could use our product. Um, but naturally, we do see a lift around those times, those areas. Um, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, making sure we have enough inventory, making sure... Um, all the systems are are set so we don't run into any speed bumps yeah and i think that's um a very common theme of just really understanding the data of what those predicted sales will be but it's tricky if you've seen uh, a lift in sales and to your point of even though you're not really a seasonal product or a gifting product you naturally see that lift what will that lift in sales be when you you have a product that although it's shelf stable, it still does have an expiry date. It's not like a phone case or although a phone case would, would also have an expiry date when the new iPhone comes out, but it's not like a, a hat or something that can just sit on the shelves and then be, be liquidated at, at a future point. So for food products, you really do have to be cognizant of running that, having enough inventory, but not so much that you're sitting on it for forever. Have you have you found that the lead times have gone up since since COVID hit, and now you have to have a longer forecast of, of inventory on hand? How has that impacted your your supply chain? So we are actually a very giftable product. Gifting is one of the biggest things people do with our product, um, and we historically have had a very large Q4 during wow. the holiday season. Um, yep. So that that's you know probably one of the most important parts of our, our whole business. Um, so gearing up for that is something that, you know, we've really been spending a lot of time in kind of looking at what happened during COVID and the spike in sales and, you know, the rapid growth in a short amount of time, it kind of threw a little monkey wrench into the whole mix because now we have to, you know, build inventory for the large Q4, but also make up for inventory that we sold through with the spike in growth during COVID. Yeah. Yeah, I know that's that's not um, an easy challenge by by any stretch. It's funny, everyone thinks about launching a, a lifestyle brand or a direct consumer brand, and you think of a lot of the stuff they did early on with, with influencers and creating very visually appealing content, 
but it really does become a game of logistics as you grow, making sure that you're A, selling through, but then also making sure that you're not going out of stock, especially when you do have that seasonal bump for regifting. And I should have put two and two together. If you are one of Oprah's favorite things, uh, with the white, like the white truffles hot sauce, of course you're going to see a big spike in, uh, in, in gifts around that, that time. So that makes total sense. I should put two and two together. And just as we wrap it up, how are you adjusting your customer support? I know that you're obviously you're a gorgeous customer. Really appreciated the shout out on Shopify Masters. What are you doing to adapt your customer support? And do you have any tips, anything that that you would like to share about how how you're using Gorgeous that you'd like to see other uh, other brands do? Maybe if you're ordering from them and you have a painful ex support experience, and you were just thinking, man, like I do this in my company, just do this with Gorgeous. Is that much? much easier i don't need to be i want the pain in my mouth from guzzling some trough not from waiting to find out where my order is <laughs> yeah i think i think with gorgeous it's definitely uh, important to use all of the tools that are offered by the platform you know all of the macros all of the automation but also at the same time it's important to never lose that personal touch that you have with your customer you know a lot of these technologies and softwares that are offered to these direct-to-consumer brands, they do a lot of the heavy lifting, but if you let too much of the software work for you, you're going to really lose that emotional connection you once established with the customer. So I think it's finding the balance between the two, um, being efficient, making sure you're leveraging all of the right things on these platforms like Gorgeous, but also finding ways to add that personal touch um, because at the end of the day, the customers can really, you know, see which brands are paying paying attention, which ones aren't. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I've got the perfect analogy as we wrap it up, which we were talking about before the call, which is have you seen those pizza vending machines popping up? So there are vending machines where you can go and order a pizza and they crank it up and they make it all for you, which makes sense. You know, it's the same amount yeah. of dough sauce and everything. It, it's a perfectly good pie. It's better than your generic chain, not quite as good as Pizzolio, one of my favorite chains in Toronto. It's not going to be as good because you don't have that care, but the same way that uh, Pizzolio would automate knowing how much dough to use per pie, how much sauce, maybe even using a sauce applicator, but then still having that personal touch to know this pie isn't quite quality yet and to go back in the oven the way that the pizza vending machine just, just isn't doing. And as a premium lifestyle brand, regardless if it's if it's hot sauce or at leisure wear or uh, shaving products or beard products or skincare, you really have to still have that that personal touch. Like imagine going to to a restaurant, restaurant Gordon Ramsay, who is essentially uh, at this point where everything's following the same standard operating procedures, it's essentially the same chain experience that could be totally automated. You go in, you're offered wine, you're offered this, uh, and everything is so straightforward. But then you ask the sommelier, well, what, what wine should I get? And if they were to just say, recite the same menu each time, you kind of feel like, well, why am I, why am I here? This is the experience that, that I want. And I'm sure it's the same for you. If somebody says, Hey, how do I, I saw the, the popcorn recipe on your Instagram. How do I make that? And then if they don't get that answer, it just kind of feels like, oh, it's just another hot sauce I could have gotten elsewhere. They don't actually care about me once they have my money. Mm -hmm. 100%. All right. All right. So, 
I went off on, on a little bit of a tangent there, but I'm I'm fired up about good customer service and just really delicious pizza pie. Love it. <laughs> awesome. Well, so where can find people find you? Uh, I don't want to create too too much false urgency, but where can they start ordering uh, truff for their 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 holiday giving now? Just in case this episode blows up and you sell out, I, I don't want to make any claims. I don't want to say I'm bigger than Oprah or anything. But if this episode airs and you sell out, where can people find you? Where can they buy? Where can they buy truff? And what uh, what can we expect for the holidays? Yeah, you can get Trev on TrevHotSauce.com. You can get it. It depends where you are. If you're in America, um, Whole Foods nationwide, we're in Wegmans, Giant, Central Market, a bunch of independents. Um, online, TrevHotSauce.com, Amazon, pretty pretty big on Amazon, number one. Hot sauce mm -hmm. um, we're also on Amazon in Canada. So there's a great, great store called Chili Chili's. I don't know if yeah. you've heard of it. But they um, have an amazing hot sauce selection, and they have truck there. Oh, um, yeah, we have we have some some. There's another big account we have in Canada. Um, but yeah, I mean, anywhere, everywhere. Yeah, and it's funny. I first had truck at the Gorgeous HQ in San Francisco, um, and it, it, it's delicious. Like the Gorgeous team loves truck, and internally when I said, "Hey, I've got I've got the the next from truck coming on the podcast." It's the most excitement I've seen internally for, for a long time. Yeah. So if you are listening and if you have taste buds, order some trough. You you won't regret it. We appreciate that. I'm glad you guys like it. Awesome.